Hello everybody, Bradley here, coming at you with another Harry Potter Deep Dive Philosopher's Stone Chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. I can never quite say that quickly, that was as fast as I can go. Just a quick reminder about the adult content, not a ton, you know, Rachel and I are conscious that tweens or so may be listening to this podcast, however, I just swear a lot when I talk, and it's my podcast. So a little bit of swearing, but nothing too, too, too inappropriate on this one here. For spoilers, we might be spoiling all Harry Potter. Look, if you have not learned as much as you want to learn about Harry Potter before you jump into this podcast, just be warned. I don't know what we spoil in this episode, but everything Harry Potter is on the table. Before you get started, make sure to check out the Patreon. We got a lot of cool people over there giving a few bucks a month, making the podcast sustainable in order to get early access. It's more of an exchange, but hey, that's what's going on over there. We got a Twitter, we got a Facebook, we got a Gmail. You should you know, come find us, hang out with us on those places. Those are in the show notes below. And finally, make sure to leave a rating or a review on iTunes, on Spotify. They both got review systems, help, helps get the podcast out there. Otherwise, I think that's it. That's all. Let's hop into chapter 14, baby. Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. Let's do it. All right, everyone, welcome back into chapter number 14, entitled Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. Here's a recap for you. We're 10 weeks away from exams, and only Hermione and Voldemort care about this. Hermione so she can study in Voldemort, because he can only attack Harry at the end of a school year so that we have a book to read. Hagrid is out and about messing with a dragon egg he got from a stranger at the pub. Due to how super illegal and impractical it is, the squad has to help Hagrid ditch this dragon and ends up uh, deciding to pass along to Charlie Weasley's crew. That's the recap. Should a Hogwarts professor have been fired this chapter? We both think yes. Rachel, why? Okay, so I have a yes, but with a technicality, because I thrive on Your technicality. technicality made me so mad. I was like, let me just fire this man for doing this thing. I was like, now I got to think about whether this counts. I keep it all the stats of these things. So with the uh, prefacing apology that I'm the worst... I said that, <laughs> yes, Hagrid should have been fired because it's illegal to keep dragons, and he did that very deliberately. It wasn't an accident. That's against the rules. Gotta go. Extremely dangerous. Also involving children in it, dangerous. But he doesn't become a professor, I think, until the third book. So technically, no Hogwarts professor would be fired. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is you're right, and when I actually tally this up, I'm going to have to say no, which makes me so mad. But you raise a good point. Uh, I'm, a, I'm not a law equals morality person. Like, most laws are good. Some of them aren't so good and need to be updated from time to time, right? And so, like, I'm not one of those people that's, like, law always equals morality. Like, it's not a one-to-one -one yeah. connection for me. I'm more concerned about the dragon is, like, dangerous and biting Ron and giving him weird infections and stuff. Yeah. And I am about that it's specifically illegal. I am pro not doing illegal things at school. That's I generally have that opinion too. But mm -hmm. I'm less concerned about the illegality of it and more concerned about like the danger that it puts the students in. But also like even within this chapter, like it's biting people and like he's getting yeah. students to help him with it. That's not good. No bueno. Yeah, no. Hagrid as a groundskeeper, as a staff member at the school, absolutely canned. I'm just being uh but he's not a professor. You're right. Uh, I also put down just as a little note. He he keeps giving the squad this top secret intel. Yeah. I don't know if this is a fireable offense because it's kind of out of the realm of teaching. 
You know what I mean? Like this whole separate Voldemort Philosopher's Stone plotline is out of the realm of kind of Hogwarts teaching. So I don't know if it counts, but I was like, can we stop doing this? Like, this just is not a good idea. <laughs> and it's like, he doesn't even make them work particularly hard for it. It's like, if they kind of forced it out of him, like, oh, Hagrid, we knew you had a dragon and we can get you fired. So you tell us. Like, not that they would do that, but it would kind of make it more understandable that he gave. But Hermione is just kind of like, hey, Hagrid, you're like good at your job and real responsible. Like, Dumbledore trusts you. Who else does he trust? And yeah. he just... He just spills everything. Hermione's really good at this. This is the first time we see it. We yeah. get it again in book two when they need to get into the restricted section and Lockhart needs to give mm -hmm. them the note to make the polyjuice mm -hmm. potion and she like flatters him a little bit to get the note. So yeah. Hermione, Hermione is, uh, she's developing skills here. For an alternative chapter title, I, just for viewing context or listening context, I keep forgetting you can't actually watch this. Um, we are currently in episode three, in between episode three of four of House of the Dragon. It's premiering mm -hmm. while we are recording this set of podcasts. And it's just while the dragons are like the main pop cultural thing right now. It's fun to revisit this chapter during that. Um, I went with a, The Birth of a Dragon for my alternative chapter title. I just, for no other reason than dragons are on the mind. But I went with the coolest thing that I could think of for a six-year-old to read. Like if I was like six or seven and picking up this book. Right. What is the coolest possible chapter title? The Birth of a Dragon. So that's what I went with. What about yours? So I went with kind of a reversal of last episode's chapter title, which was The Seeker of Gryffindor. For this one, I went with Caught by the Snitch. Because I think it has a nice double meaning. Because um, obviously you would expect Harry to catch the snitch given, you know, Quidditch. But in this episode... I find that they're really, really kind of reined in by Malfoy. He really has the better of them in this chapter. And finally, finally, all these times he's tried to get them into trouble, they finally get stuck by that. Um, so for this one, I just, I like the wordplay of it. So uh, caught by the snitch. Perfect. Man, this will be a fun one to see who thinks who has the better chapter title. Like, very different yeah. approaches to, uh, as always, yours more analytical than mine. Mine's just like, <laughs> bro, dragons are cool. And but they this. are cool, and I think people will agree with you. Yeah, I was, the only thing that really House of the Dragon to me this chapter was just, I imagine the dragon egg being the same as they are in House of the Dragon. They're huge. Mm. Like, I just imagined yeah. this giant egg in Hagrid's fireplace. Like, in episode two of House of the Dragon, I'm not going to spoil any plot points, but we see a <laughs> dragon egg being put into, like, a portable dragon egg warmer, almost like an incubator. Mm. And yeah. they're huge. Like, you can't, yeah. it takes two they're people large. to carry this incubator around. Yeah, and I, well, just if, if we're going to keep going in that thread, like, Hagrid should be a dragon rider. Like, he, he stayed with that egg while he while the egg was uh, incubating. By the time the egg hatches, they should be bonded. He should be riding Norbert. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, we later in book seven, with like the seven Potter stuff, he can't ride a broom. Dude, imagine if he had a dragon. I think you're right. That would be sick. I think imagine you're right. If yeah, Charlie finally comes back and he's like, Hagrid, I brought your friend. And it's Norbert. I'd cry. 
I cry at everything in books, though. It's not really high standard. Fair enough. At the beginning of this chapter, a few things stuck out for me. Quirrell is being drained by the Voldy virus. I tried mm-hmm. very hard to think of like a COVID-related play on words here, and I couldn't think of one. So I just went with Voldy virus. Mm-hmm. But that's what I came up with. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me, and I feel very passionately about this, Hermione is someone that I would have found very annoying at the age of 11. Like... So at uni, when I was doing, I did, I studied tourism management just for those listening, just so we can have a, because every type of program has different structures and exam schedules and intensities and those types of things. So if your university Mm -hmm. experience was different, that's fine. Terms of university for most kind of general degrees are about 12 weeks long, like January to April, September to December, right? So Mm -hmm. somewhere between 12 to 13, sometimes 14 weeks, depending on when your exams are, because sometimes the exams can be two or three weeks after the course is actually done, depending on how the university schedules them. So the final exams are 10 weeks away. I'm still, like the last time I went to school was for university. So I'm still on university time. That is, Mm -hmm. I got other projects. Like each university class, you got a group project you got to do. You got interviews you got to schedule. You got places you got to go. Like so much of your work happens outside the classroom, Right, like, Hermione, calm down. Yeah. I get that they're on a different system. It's a year-long <laughs> thing, all that. Ten weeks is enough time that you don't need to be, like, full on. You can. This is, I, I think, in a full-year system, you're ramping Maybe, up. Like, I think yeah. if I cut mine in half, like, five weeks before finals is when I started ramping up and started getting into it. So I think I think we're at the ramping up stage. But this, I, I, was, with the, I was with the lads on this one. This is a bit too much for me. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny because... So yeah, in undergrad, I I was a lot more laid back in undergrad and I very much would have agreed like 10 weeks, like we're still learning half the course material. Why would we bother starting to study? What she reminds me of is people that I was really envious of in law school because they were super organized and like with the charts and the color coding, like that is literally what I did when I was studying for the bar. And I just thought it was so funny. It took me till I was like 25 to get around to actually studying that earnestly. And she's doing it when she's 11. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like, she's like, hey, you have to pass these courses to get into year two. Hogwarts can't afford yeah. to fail students. There's like 10 in each <laughs> house each year, right? There's like, I, you're not failing. There's no chance that they're failing these people. Like, if they didn't study at all, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, but then also at the same time, you do kind of have to thank her because if she doesn't do that, maybe they do get expelled. And then uh, obviously Voldemort can't attack anyone in the second, third, fourth, fifth books because, you know, they're not there. And Voldemort obviously only attacks at Hogwarts at the end of the year. So See, it's interesting that you think they get (laughs) expelled. I was more like they probably have to repeat the year, which is even funnier. That's a fanfic you can also write us, is Harry and Ron having to do book two, but in the first year. (laughs) With with, um, Colin Creevy. With Colin Creevy, yeah! (laughs) That is is a fanfic. They have to go to class with him. They have to hang out with him. Taking pictures all the time. Yeah, the dorm room has seven beds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be lovely. I would read that. All right. Um, I have a few other kind of frivolous notes before we dive into the the chapter properly. Uh, I put this is a this I'm taking a page out of your book. Can it really be called homework if they live at school? 
How does this work? <laughs> is that a correct term? I don't know. It feel it makes sense. Yeah. I'm actually generally pretty against homework as a concept outside of school, mm. right? Like, I just think I I just think kids need time to like decompress and have social lives and do sports and stuff. Like having to go to school for seven hours a day and then do more school, I think is just a bit much, right? Yeah. Um, but in like the in like boarding school situations, it makes a lot more sense to me that you can compartmentalize mm. these things better as you know, in class is like the things your instructor specifically wants to get a, across to you. And, mm. you know, in dorm, like, I just think that split works a lot better in this situation, yeah. but it's just that it was called homework. I was a little like, is it though? They live there. I guess maybe that is their home, home, but then the, everything's yeah. homework. And maybe it's dorm work. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I yeah. put a funny note, wait for Harry to realize he doesn't need to study and can just use Expelliarmus for everything. <laughs> because that's what he's gonna do anyway and then i put what on earth is forget me not blue that is that a color i don't know i don't know i'm not up to my shades of blue but forget me not blue that sounded like some wizard shit i was like this is dumb what is forget me not blue am i meant to know i am 27 and i don't know what this color is like are you expecting 11 year olds or forget me not it's like a british flower like what is happening did you read my notes? <laughs> I did not, because we did this and then hopped right on. Because we had a yeah. race. We had a race for these notes, so I haven't so, read yours. I saw you type that, and then I wrote, uh, Note, forget-me-nots are small, light blue flowers. Oh, see, I'm aware that they're a flower. I wasn't aware that they were blue. Yeah, they're very... They're Not very, they're not, like, pale, but they're a light blue. Um... Kind of like how you would imagine the summer sky on a really clear day. So uh, it's basically saying it's a beautiful day. Gotcha. I'm yeah. looking at them I, now. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I have Googled them while we've been talking. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're I saying. That was really funny. That made me laugh a lot when you were writing that. Well, I just like, look, I don't know. Do, can you find these in Vancouver? Like, what am I? Am I meant to know what the forget-me-nots are? I feel like there must have been like a rom com or something that I watched that had forget me nots in them. Must because I be. I remember like the saying like forget me, forget me not. That was with the daisies though. They you know, have daisies. Oh, no, now. that's lo- love me, love me not. No, it's oh, different. it's love me. See, this is why I this is why I'm unqualified. It's all this. it's all messed up. <laughs> but Can yeah, no, forget me nots are forget me yeah. nots in Vancouver. I'm looking up. <laughs> There's a Montessori preschool called Forget Me Not Montessori, which is a good name. You should not be forgetting the yeah. children. That is... <laughs> As most of the teachers do in all of these books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Hogwarts is not uh, up to the same standards. Forget Me Not Montessori. Yeah. I. It's not giving me a clear answer. Or Forget Me Not's Invasive in BC. Oh, the simple <laughs> answer to this question is yes. Thanks. Awesome. So I am just dumb. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, like, I only know that because my mom used to garden a lot. And so I learned a lot of, I learned a lot about flowers, but I mean, they're really small. You would almost kind of think that they were weeds if you, if no one pointed it out. So, but yeah, for anyone listening, Forget Me Not Blue is a very light and clear blue and it's really pretty. It is very pretty. There's got to be someone else listening that didn't know what forget-me-nots were or what color they were. I I can't be the only one. I literally was like, what is this color? What is it relevant to? I don't understand what is happening. Do you have any notes in the beginning of this chapter that we should go over? Uh, The only thing that I really liked was that uh, 
Harry is reading about Dittany in the book about magical herbs. Ooh, Essence and of Dittany, yeah. Yeah, so I was trying to remember where it was from, and then I remembered that in book seven, when Ron gets spliced, Hermione has Essence of Dittany. So I don't think she deliberately thought that she'd make that callback when, when J.K. wrote it. But I, I do think it's nice that just like you have the continuity, you're introduced to something, it comes back later. So I just thought that was a fun little... I don't think it's an Easter egg, so I don't think it was deliberate, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, moving on, we have Hagrid. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. how the sequence of, events, sequence of events goes in like the exact order, but there's a Hagrid's just being Hagrid. They go to see Hagrid. I can't remember exactly why, but they go to see him, and Hagrid is hanging out, and he is uh, he is saying that he's already told them too much information about a minute before he tells them even more information. Classic Hagrid. But the nonchalance with which Hermione, Ron, and Harry are like, oh, pfft, we found Flamel months ago. Like, we yeah. found him forever ago. Like, we're way ahead of that, Hagrid. It's like, okay, come on. You found that by accident because you you felt bad for Neville, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you, like you, they're just play, they're playing they're it up. They're so playing it up for Hagrid. I just, I love that, like, neither Harry, Ron, and Hermione nor Hagrid are good at playing the game because Hagrid is just, like, walking up to them. He's like, you're not digging anymore. And they're like yes no and he's like well come meet me at my cab at my house later and they're like okay and it's just neither of them can play the game they're not good at it except for hermione hermione's the only one yeah and then hagrid at some point has acquired a dragon egg from a stranger at a pub which is just not a good idea it sounds like (sighs) a bad idea it is a bad idea i was surprised actually i thought it was this chapter where we get the reveal that harry realizes what has happened but it wasn't this chapter that's for a future chapter but in this chapter harry is like mate this room is hot can we open a window and he's like no 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 no, we can't open the window and that's when they realize there's a dragon egg in the fireplace crazy i love that it just seems so hagrid i think they combine a few scenes in the movie which is why i think i have it mixed up because i think he admits that he told the other guy about fluffy while he was winning the drag like winning in air quotes the dragon eggs he does but in this book the way it works is harry real harry has a bit of intuition where he's like yeah interesting hagrid's wanted nothing more than a dragon egg forever and then this guy just shows up with a dragon. Like he, it's it's more like him actively figuring it out in the book. Yeah, and I think it comes up later here. But right now, all he says is like, "I was drinking with a stranger in a pub, and he had an illegal dragon." And I said, "Okay." It's right. Like, like if we what? just pick other illegal things. I was just hanging out at the bar, and this dude had cocaine, and I yeah. have been a fan of cocaine for a while. So I just took him up on that offer, and it's like, Hagrid, you work at a school. <laughs> You work with children. Right. You work with children. It's so wild. Like, if he had just waited two years, he could have made it work. Because he's like, I'm the care of magical creatures professor. Like, this is academic. He jumped the gun on this one. I think it's probably still illegal. Oh, definitely. And then I could have fired him. (laughs) For being a professor. professor. (laughs) Although you could probably fire him in the Buckbeak chapter. No, I'm not firing him for the Buckbeak chapter. I'm locking that mm. in. I don't think so. I think that there's enough okay. gray area there, and that Malfoy is 
I think that one was Hagrid wasn't the best at delivering the instructions, but the instructions were clear enough, and Malfoy completely just didn't listen to them. If I tell you fire's hot, and then you go and like put your hand in the fire, I'm not I'm not getting rid of Hagrid for you being burned. Actually, that's I, this is another tangent. I almost got my mom in a lot of trouble for that when I was younger. I thought you were going to say this is another tangent, Brad. I'm a lawyer. That's not how the law works. <laughs> I, was like, oh, no. I thought that's what was going to happen. No, this was, I was really, really young. And my mom kept telling me like, hey, Rachel, it'd be really nice if you would stop. If, not if you'd stop. If you wouldn't touch hot things like the stove, like a curling iron, like the hair curlers. And I did it so many times that the doctor was like, is your mom burning you? And I was like, no, no, mom told me not to, but I wanted to see what happened. So Over and over and over again. Over and over, three times in a row. So I guess I would have to agree with you that maybe Hagrid shouldn't get fired. Because if you tell someone it's hot and they still touch it, is it really your fault? Yeah, I'm not firing Hagrid for the Buckbeak chapter. I will fire Hagrid many okay. times. Mm, okay, but not for the Buckbeak chapter. Uh, there's this weird moment here where Ron can remember the specific day and year and everything about yeah. these Dragon Law conventions. They're about 200 years old, based on my math, right? And like, if he can remember this, he can stop complaining about studying for first year exams. Like, this, what is going yeah. on, Ron? Like, come on. Yeah, I think it's that thing where like, if you're interested in something, then then you pay attention to it. But if you're not interested, it's just like out to lunch. Yeah, I imagine, like, like, Charlie had talked about this. I imagine what happened is, like, Charlie, every family dinner, because he only sees them once a year, but as you know, I get to hang out with dragons, but (laughs) most people don't, because in 1790, (laughs) that's how I imagine Ron knows all this, because there's no way he studied it. Yeah, yeah, and very proud of the knowledge, too. I think he's very proud of Charlie. Yeah, he and he's also like he's also looking out for Hagrid a little bit. He seems the most concerned about its illegality. Yeah, and I think he's the only one who actually knows how dangerous dragons are. Like, Harry and Hermione would have no context for what a bad idea it is to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Not only does Ron have the context of it being illegal, like, it's not like Harry and Hermione are up on wizard law, right? Mm -hmm. How could they be? They're they're not even up on it. And also, they start breaking the law a bunch later, so... Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, so it doesn't even matter to them. But Ron would have a lot of context for how illegal this is, but also specifically because of Charlie, how dangerous dragons are. He even says, like, Charlie's Mm -hmm. got bites and burns and scrapes and all kinds of things. Like, this thing's no joke. Yeah, so it's nice sometimes that, like, when one of the three of them needs to know something, sometimes when it makes sense, it's Ron. So I like that he jumped in. And it wasn't Hermione that was like, oh, that's illegal. It's actually Ron stepping in. So good for Ron. Yeah. No, I really, JK does a great job of characterizing Ron in this way all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, throughout all seven of these books, just being the person with the, the greater grasp of wizarding knowledge right mm-hmm. yeah also, she does such a good job like, i remember in book four where ron doesn't know what the dark mark is and it's almost shocking like how could you yeah. not like you're a wizard you know what i mean and so like that's how good this characterization is that when he doesn't know about a wizarding thing you're almost like whoa well who was who was meant to know who's meant to know nobody yeah. apparently but yeah <laughs> we can get to that in book four Right, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cool stuff here. Hagrid, on his Hagridness, just giving the kids away all the defenses. Yeah, you know, this 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 person did a defense, and that person did a charm, and this person did a spell. Oh, and Snape, 
Snape also helped guard it, so you can you can he's rightly saying you can stop pretending that he's gonna steal it. He's helping guard the yeah. silly thing. And I imagine what happened is you had to have the charms happen in the reverse order so that no professor yeah. knew what the next charm mm -hmm. was. I imagine. Because this makes no sense that the professors don't know what the other charms are. Mm-hmm. That was it weird also, to yeah. me. Or, like, maybe, I don't know, like, they got apparated in even though, like, apparating isn't allowed in Hogwarts, but, like, somehow Dumbledore can apparate in Hogwarts. So maybe he, like, brought them into each room and he was like, don't look at anything, but make a really hard to bypass charm. Go. I just had, for the first time reading these books, an image of, like, Dumbledore needing to put the mirror at the far end. So he's, like, he has to, he's, like, moving the potions around and flying after this key and, like, he's actually having to do all of the, the things. I don't know why I found that funny yeah. in my head just now. Man, if I were a Hogwarts teacher, I'd be so pissed off if I had to, like, end my summer break early because the headmaster decided to store some, like, top secret weapon at the school. He's like, come in early and do a lot of extracurricular magic that you've never had to do before on a scale that I never ask of you for no reason and there's no overtime. Like, like you're just, uh, you're just Professor Sprout and she's like... I don't want to grow this plant. Leave me alone. <laughs> how do we know? How do we know that Dumbledore does? Maybe Dumbledore pays them so much money in overtime that he can't mm. afford brooms for the Quidditch teams. Like, I would maybe, accept that explanation. Maybe that's how it's <laughs> going. Maybe he's like, "Hey, extracurricular magic. Here's five thousand galleons each." Oh, sorry, no brooms for the Quidditch team. Yeah, I wonder. Like, what even is the budget for a year at Hogwarts? Someone's done this math. There is like a there's like an article somewhere where people have dug deep into the numbers. Like how much tax subsidies are the Ministry of Magic <laughs> giving Hogwarts? How much does each family have to pay? Right? Like Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they make any I don't think they make any mention of tuition. No, it's all government I funded, I think. The kids just have to bring all their own books. So then I wonder like the operating of cost of Hogwarts be what the cost of the teachers and the cost of food yeah the food you gotta pay for you can't magic food yeah and, you can just enslave house elves to prepare it for you totally cool totally chill no issue with that we'll get there later but in terms of just <laughs> monetary breakdown they're not yeah hey it does end up paying dobby eventually yeah um trying to think if there's other I mean, you can magic the fire, but I imagine Hogwarts burns through a ton of candles. Oh, yeah. So wax. There's a wax budget. There's a, there's a wax budget. <laughs> Ink? Ink and quill? Oh, yeah, like an administrative budget. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this is a great... Someone needs to break this down. I'm going to... This is a, this is great bonus episode content. Like, I don't think we need to dwell on it here. We need to start writing down all of the bonus episode ideas because yeah. I went to I went to structure like a notes page for a bonus episode and I forgot every single idea we came up with last week. Yeah, um, I, I sometimes I just re-listen to the episodes because I never I never remember. That's funny. I, um, I I listen to them so much in editing. I just can't re-listen to them. Oh, uh, I'm always like halfway through a rant when I come up with an idea. So even like immediately after we stop recording, I forget. Because yeah. half the time I'm just like. I'm just ranting. All right, fair enough. Back to the back to the chapter. Well, one day we'll get through all this stuff. Um, there is 
a note that this baby dragon actually i just wanted to say i love the the breakdown of all these enchantments like all the teachers did an enchantment because it really helps structure yeah. it for later like my my young person brain reading the book needed that little bit of a heads up as to yeah. what the final challenge was and i appreciated mm -hmm. that uh, the next note i have is that brandy and chicken blood is a hell of a diet that sounds like a wild time i had that too i, I dragon babies living their best life they're yeah just yeah it's a wonder they can even like function enough to make it out of like the I, the metaphorical nest. Like they're just like two sheets to the wind all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they also like he starts eating, like Buckbeat starts eating, or not Buckbeak. Um, Norbert starts eating Norbert. rats by the by the crateful at the end of yeah. this. So I imagine it's rats <laughs> and brandy. I imagine you don't drop the brandy. You probably drop the chicken blood. Yeah, I think when he puts Norbert into the crate, he's like, okay, there's lots of rats and there's lots of brandy. And I'm like, sounds like a party to me, dog. Yeah, yeah, I'm into this brandy. <laughs> I'm just like, as an adult reading this, I'm just into brand brandy as a diet. Yeah, like, I'm interested. <laughs> like if, if there was a nutritionist who's willing to fudge their credentials to tell me yeah. that brandy is medically a good diet, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I wouldn't try it. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> Let us know if you are a certified nutritionist willing to sell yourself or sell your soul to let us uh, to to let us drink lots of brandy. I'm not gonna say no to the brandy. I'd forego the chicken blood though. Best personal. Yeah, I'm out on the chicken blood. <laughs> I don't even think. Yeah, I'm out on most animal blood as like just straight a meal, but chicken blood specifically just sounds gross. Like I know there's lots of meals that I have had that involved like the blood of an animal as part of the process of cooking yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that, but just raw chicken blood is too much for me. Mm -mm. I'm out. Mm -mm. That's a no thank you. Yeah. I just don't know. I'm also like, I'm just attributing salmonella to chickens. I don't think that's how yeah. blood works. I think that's how uncooked like meat works, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm like this blood is more salmonella than the other blood. So I'm out. Oh yeah. No, even if it's not, at the same time, it still is. Yeah, I don't think that's actually how it works. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just getting, we're eventually going to have to make like a tier yeah. list of like, if we keep going, it's just like, what? what is your tier of animal blood that you drink? And I don't know if I want to get to that that spot. So I'll just go with animal blood, yeah. not my jam. Um, I also put this note. This is just me being snooper persnickety about these books. Yeah. Hagrid has been to Azkaban. He gets accused. In book two, we find this out, but this happened before book one. He gets mm -hmm. accused of being the Chamber of Secrets guy, the heir of Slytherin, mm -hmm. the person responsible for the Basilisk, all that stuff. So he's been to Azkaban. I am 100% mm -hmm. sure, since the punishment for everything in the Wizarding World is Azkaban, that yep. harboring an illegal dragon is in Azkaban. In book two or three, or, or it's book three with Buckbeak that he actually gets sent to Azkaban again, mm -hmm. right? He seems terrified of it. Like, what is he doing? Like, why... Do you want a dragon this badly? Like, what? Are you not scared of Azkaban? Yeah. Crazy. I imagine for... <sighs> okay, this is going to sound weird. But maybe they have fines for smaller infractions of wizarding law. Like, if Hagrid had, like, a secret dragon ring, and he had, like, a dragon fighting ring, and that's what he was raising all these dragons for, straight to jail. But I think if man's just got one and it's still a baby and he like by the he only has it for like a week, the end of the week, if he has a plan 
to get it to a place where it's legal, I think that's more of like a misdemeanor fine kind of attraction. Right, so this, this is working like how weed works, where it's like, it's, yes. whether you're using it or distributing it is different, whether you have a personal amount or like a, a larger amount that you could sell, whether you were intending to sell it to adults or minors, like there's all these like step, there's all these like laws on top of laws on top of laws. So you, that's what you're thinking yeah. with dragons. It works kind of like weed, where there's just like, there's a lot of red <laughs> tape. There's a lot of yeah, different context. Possession of an egg with intent to distribute? No, he just wanted a family member. Right? Possession of an <laughs> egg because you're lonely? <laughs> that would be so sad. Less. Please that's don't codify that. <laughs> that's a fine. If you do yeah. it because you're lonely, that's a good, like, if you break the law because you're <laughs> lonely, you don't have, if you break it because you're mean, that's different. That's straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to Azkaban. <laughs> um ron pointing out or whoever it is i think it's ron no it's hermione of course it's hermione never mind who says you live in a wooden house that, that i was me. cackling every time i read that that's just such a good line it's like you moron like separate from the illegality like just the impracticality of it really struck me this read through that even if yeah. i put it in my discussion topic section of the notes like what is the plan like even if it's not illegal like there's no way he can functionally own a dragon anyway no, it's you're right. I don't know what the plan would be because clearly within a week he was completely overwhelmed by this dragon. So maybe he just made a drunk bad decision because we are kind of given the impression that he drank too much and that's that's how he ended up doing the the trade and saying about Fluffy and getting the egg. So maybe he just drank too much and he woke up and he's like. Oh shit, that's a dragon egg. And then he tried and he was like, this isn't working. So I don't know if he actually had a plan. Maybe he just kind of stuck himself with it by accident. Yeah, maybe. I mean, later we find out that Quarrel as mm -hmm. Voldemort or had like, I don't know if they give the egg to a separate stranger or if he just does it himself and is like cloaked up or whatever. Because the Hagrid will mention later that he doesn't lower his hood or anything. Yeah. Um, but, like, they go with the dragon egg because they know Hagrid really wants one. So they just kind of take advantage of him being a little bit tipsy and wanting a dragon egg really bad, I think. Yeah. Which I think is something I have a little more sympathy for now that I'm an adult. And I personally have, like, had some experiences making choices that I wouldn't make if I were sober. Oh, pff, yes. Yeah. I have a little more sympathy <laughs> for that as an yeah. adult. Absolutely. Like when I was 11, I was like, what? You had one butterbeer and you're breaking the law to jail. But now I'm like, there's some gray area. 11-year-old you, 11 knew you were destined to become a lawyer. I, yeah, no. Like, I no, Hagrid, Hagrid, one butterbeer, that's not one. You have to be lonely, but drunk, yeah, that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> lonely is the exception, not tipsy. Yeah, all right. Uh, there's a gaggle of... Um, is that the right word? A, a gaggle of decisions that Ron makes that are baffling in the next, you know, <laughs> rest of this chapter. There's kind of two back to back here. Uh, one Ooh. is not just Ron. Ron. One is the whole gang. These are the, the these people are 11. And I just kind of mean in my notes, but like, I just put, why is everyone so dumb? They're harboring they an illegal dumb. dragon. Why are the curtains not closed? Can we not like, we're in a magic land. Can we not, like, magic the curtains closed a little more? Can we not double-check that no one is in on viewing this? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, no, it just... 
I'll I'll talk about it a little more at the end of the episode, but just a lot of what happens here is just hubris. Like they get kind of too full of themselves and they're like, we have a plan. No one can stop our plan. We're going to go about our plan and it's going to be fine. And that um, overconfidence really comes back to bite them in the ass. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Well, it, even later, it's actually, I actually think it's probably poor writing later, but because it's Ron, mm. it's so funny when he leaves the letter as a bookmark. Like, oh so the whole God. thing is that Malfoy comes in pretending he needs to borrow a book. Yep. So that Madame Pomfrey will let him in just to bully Ron. Fair enough. Yep. That's what Malfoy's going to do. Mm. Either he steals it or Ron actually gives him a book. Like, he's got to play the long game. He's got to walk out with yeah. a book or else Madame Pomfrey will be suspicious. <laughs> and so he either steals yeah. the book or Ron gives it to him. But either way, why are we using this letter from Charlie as a, a bookmark? bookmark? Like, what are we doing? Okay, I have a really sad possibility. Charlie said that he loved him at the end of the note. And maybe that made Ron really happy. So maybe he kept the note because of that. But clearly, uh, like, didn't care about it because it's a bookmark and a random book. Like, you'd think that would go on the yeah. shelf or something. That's going on a bedside table. That's going, like, yeah. under the bed in the shoebox of personal items. Shoebox. Or the trunk. They got yeah. trunks in this world. It's not going in, like, your random, you know, transfiguration book. Yeah, and, and why would you bring that book to the hospital wing? Yeah, he's rolling up to the hospital ring with his, with his books. Yeah, the whole like, thing is dumb. Yeah, it just, uh I think it, it might have just been like a, a plot choice of convenience because Malfoy had to find out somehow. It's definitely just bad writing, but because it's Ron, it kind of works, so she rolled with it. He gets so frustrated. Yeah. Um, I do want to give credit where credit is due. The plot to give the dragon to Charlie, great idea. Only good decision anyone makes in this chapter. Fantastic idea. Fantastic yeah, idea. And... Charlie also understands that, like, hey, this is illegal. We got to be secret about it. Midnight, top tower, four friends. Like, we got we to gotta do this. Like, Charlie yeah. is competent, which is good. And this is a good choice and a good plan. Use the invisibility cloak. Great idea. All of it. Great mm -hmm. plan. Yeah, just the execution of it is uh, was a little lacking. Yeah, you, ha you have some notes about McGonagall, which I loved. I didn't read them till like right now, but I still love them. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Are, are we already where? Yeah, I guess they go up to the tower. So they get Norbert in a crate and they put him in with lots of rats and brandy because, you know, that's what you need to be happy. And they carry him up to the tower uh, to drop him off. And that's when they come upon McGonagall having caught Malfoy waiting for them at the top of the tower. And she's like dragging him by the ear. And she's like, you little shit. And I was so happy because finally he's getting in trouble for being a little shit. And Which is even funny because this time, this time he's just right. This he's, time, yeah. This time he's like, "Hey, these guys are actually doing super illegal things. I'm not even making it up." Like he's burned yeah. by his own reputation. He's the boy who cried wolf because he's actually not wrong here. Yeah, and and like if we think about it, he's done this twice because he tried to get Filch to catch them at the midnight duel, uh, and now he's like, "No, McGonagall, you don't understand. They're going to be here." And so she's like, "The second time, seriously, get the fuck out of here." And she's so pissed. I wouldn't like him either. 
But it is just, it, it's kind of funny, though. It's like the dramatic irony. We know that he's right, but she doesn't know that. Yeah, also, um, if we're sticking with binge modes, Megalian, McGonagall, gambling addict, she's not letting her <laughs> star seeker get busted for dragon breeding. Like, she, even yep. if it's true, she's pretending it's not. Because she's, she's not getting her seeker arrested. She's going to lose all her money. Yeah, well, even, like, in the in the next chapter, which I, I looked at briefly, so I won't talk about it too much, She's she doesn't even get into the dragon stuff. It's like, you were out past curfew, and I'm disappointed. And then she gives them a very strong punishment that will not at all affect Harry's ability to play on the Quidditch team. <laughs> right, of course, because it can. Yeah. Well, she's, she's, got, she's got money on the line. Yeah, I know. No, take away a thousand points before we kick Harry off the Quidditch team. Oh, absolutely. We got to sort out priority. <laughs> yeah, I skipped over. I did skip over a lot of your notes. For me, like this chapter okay. was really just a moving people into places kind of. I didn't take too many detailed notes, but you got a bunch here. Would you mind going over all the notes that I kind of skipped over in the plot points here? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, t- I'll touch on the ones that are important. Some of them are just me complaining. Like, I think I called Malfoy a twit like five or six times. Fair enough. Well earned. Because he, he is a twit. Um, one of the things I noted, I feel so bad for Hermione in this chapter because all she wants to do is be a good student and get good marks on her exams and stop evil from taking over the world. And all of her friends, adult and child, are just batshit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Harry and Ron are obsessed with Snape. They can't stop chasing teachers. They want to sneak out after dark. Hagrid, for some reason, is raising a dragon. And she's like, do you know that exams are 10 weeks away? Like, she doesn't have time for this. But she's a good friend, so she makes time. And I feel bad for her. She's Um, pretty into the Snape thing. It was her idea for Harry to break his leg last chapter. I agree with everything but the Snape. I think she's pretty into the Snape thing at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think in everyone's defense, he's done a pretty good job of of convincing people that he's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I really love Norbert. I thought Norbert in the books and the movie was, even though, like, he kept biting people and being overall bad. uh, It's the first, like, magical creature we get to see. Like, we've seen owls, but, like, we know what owls are. It's the first time we get to see a dragon. So that was our first like real magical creature. And that was really cool. Um, But one of the things that Norbert reminded me of when I was reading this chapter, uh, fellow dog owners, whoever's listening, it just reminded me so much of when I got uh, Pippin when he was a puppy, because uh, he just, he was, he wasn't teething. He was just an asshole. He wouldn't stop <laughs> he wouldn't stop biting me. So I had like scratch marks all up and down my arms and on my ankles. He's a corgi, he can't reach any higher than that. Um, but I was just covered in these marks. And people would come over to see the dog and they'd see me, and then he would keep biting me because obviously there was no peace. Uh and they'd be like, Are you okay? And just like Hagrid with Norbert, I'm like, oh no, it's fine. This is just the way he is. Like he, I can't he knows even his feel mommy. it. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like crying on the inside, but on the outside, you're like, no, no, this is totally normal. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just I not a dog ship. owner. I love dogs, but I just can't yeah. relate. 
it's a lot of work. And I will say in the first week, I would have considered shipping him off to Romania. I'm glad I didn't, but <laughs> I'm glad you did. Really I am very. Pippin is. He's, he's staring at me right now. He stopped screaming. If you heard him screaming in the last episode, he's now just staring at me. Yeah, we're it's recording these back to back. So to you, it's been a week or whatever. But to us, it's <laughs> been five minutes. Yeah, for Pip, it's been like an hour of just like asking, "Can we go outside now?" The answer is yes. Right. Do we have anything else for this chapter? I feel like this might be the least analysis chapter, the least like the chapter you can analyze the least in the whole book so far. There's dragons. It's cool. Everyone's just being themselves, doing things yeah. that make sense for their character. We're getting some plot points moved along. Charlie's like, we, we got the dragon out of the way. Hagrid needed a reason to give the baddies the, mm -hmm. the secret for Fluffy. And here yeah, we are. So I only have two things. One, we now know on the scale of house points, 20 points for being out past curfew if you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't yet found out how many if, it's not, if you're not annoying or if you're yeah. a star seeker. Exactly. And then the second thing was, I can't believe that they got caught because they left the invisibility cloak in the oh, tower. We got to talk about this. This makes me so fucking it's angry. It's so frustrating. You, you, um, you had a meltdown about Neville in the last chapter. I didn't even take <laughs> notes on this, but I'm going to have a meltdown right now. Like what the fuck is going on? This that's my summary of this whole chapter. What is happening? Harry has, <laughs> he's 11. He has a object that makes him a superhero. Yep. Right. He can be invisible. This mm -hmm. object is directly used in this mission. So it's not out of sight, out of mind. They're using it this entire time. Mm -hmm. Harry needs to protect this thing with everything he has. This is a priceless object. He ends up getting it back because Dumbledore receives it and gives it back to him. Mm -hmm. Right? But yeah. if not for Dumbledore existing, I guess he would have never had it in the first place. Like Harry, he does. This is not even the last time he does this because he leaves nope. it in the Shrieking Shack on the pathway under the Whomping Willow in Book Three, and that's how Snape mm -hmm. gets in. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Harry needs to protect this object more. There's one of them. Yeah. It makes him a superhero. They need it in their quest against the Dark Lord, and he's just fucking leaving it on the top of the tower. I hate it. I can't stand it. Yeah. Harry, honestly, I, go off. I get that he's eleven. <laughs> I get it. 11-year-olds are forgetful. Adults are forgetful. I forget my car keys all the time. Like, but it's like, Ugh. that's a really good analogy, though, because, like, you realize you forget your car keys when you try to get in your car, and you're like, can't go anywhere. So you, you stop, and you cut your losses before you even start, because you can't get far away from the thing you've forgotten. Right. But the same way, like, the invisibility cloak was there, like, there their home free card like they just needed to remember it so i i i also yeah no i don't know how they how they forgot it i understand harry a little bit the fact that hermione was there and forgot it too and she just last yeah. chapter was like mad at them for being out after dark even mm -hmm. with the cloak on like there's no way hermione forgets the cloak there hermione is no. always so worried about being out after dark anyway uh, the whole thing is dumb we gotta protect the cloak yeah, it's a whole ass Deathly Hollow. Yeah, we're not just leaving it on the floor of the astronomy tower. Yeah, come on, guys. Ugh, that was really frustrating. Yeah, I hated it. 
I like it. I, as, I, I like it from a plotting. This I don't think is bad writing. This is like how you write eleven-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And like as a child, I did not find this frustrating. I was like, oh, I forget things all the time. Just as an adult, yeah. if I had a, a visibility cloak, that thing would never leave my sight. I'd have no. alarms. I'd have one of them Apple AirTags on it. Right. I'd be making sure that that thing was near me at all times. Yeah, I think I almost would have forgiven it more if they'd taken it, but just assume that because McGonagall had already gone by that they could they could just kind of run by and Harry was like holding it. Right. But the forgetting it is kind of mind boggling to me. Fair enough. All right. Do I have any I guess my specific topic for I have a couple of topics I want to discuss real quick. Uh, Hagrid's plan, just really quick. I just don't get it. Like he wants a dragon, but it's illegal. So he's gonna get the mm-hmm. egg. He's gonna hatch the egg, and he's gonna do all this work for like three weeks. But there's no way for him to keep the dragon. So he's just got to give it to someone in Romania. He reminds me of myself playing video games, where you just mm-hmm. restart over and over again instead of finishing anything. Um, yeah. I I have my little corner of the internet that plays Civilization, a game where I don't do this because I play Civilization a lot. Um, but I know a lot of people that play it. They never get past turn 50 in a game. They just restart over and over and over again, and they love that. That's mm-hmm. how Hagrid reminds me. Like He doesn't actually want... He thinks he wants a dragon. What he wants is like the, the satisfaction of hatching a dragon egg. Yeah, he wants the idea of a dragon without the actual work of having to raise a dragon. Right, that's exactly right. Like I, I put with me, it's like Anno 1800, right? That mm-hmm. game is just a mindless mess of like logistics and stuff and i'm really into it and i've played a few there's no end point so i've played a few games where i would consider myself have gotten to the end right mm-hmm. but most of the time i like start over and i just love designing the early kind of farming islands but i don't mm-hmm. actually want to do any of the logistical stuff that's what he reminds me of is like people who play video games yeah. like that yeah well i'm i'm one of those people that restarts civ constantly because i'm not very good at civ so that was it, a very it does help if you're good at the game i will say that it's yeah. helped my civ immensely <laughs> my time playing civ being one of the better players at it compared to when i was not what is better now yeah yeah i usually you guys won't know this but um i i know a few people in the civ circle and one of them helps me a lot and most of the time, he'll come into my game. He's like, "What the hell have you done?" And then I just restart, which it's, is what I imagine Hagrid did with this dragon. Right? Yeah, he just restarts. He's like, "Oh, fair enough. I got they got the dragon to level three. Uh, I don't actually want to get it to level hundred. That's a lot of work. We're sending it off to Romania." I also wanted yeah. to note here: just the first time we use the cloak is kind of like a tool. Ron gets a shout. You put a note of it. Ron gets a shout in the cloak. Lots of trust. You you put that. I don't want to take that credit for that note, but you put that note. No, no. Um, trust in Ron solo with the cloak. He doesn't forget it, which is shocking, but whatever. Um, but we're using it as a tool. (laughs) The cloak is now not a novel item. It is now a tool in the arsenal, which I think is a distinction that I like to point out here. Mm. Yeah. And, and shareable within the, within the squad, which I really liked. Like, I think they've, I, I think at this point, their friendship is cemented. Like everything that used to bother them about the others, is pretty much like water under the bridge. Like, we're friends. You help us study. We'll help you learn chess. You take my cloak. It is an unbalanced relationship. Uh, You help us study, and I'll make sure that you're as close as possible to the Dark Lord when he tries to murder me. Well, well, they also do teach Hermione a decent amount of street smarts. I guess. Like, like think about how well she plays Hagrid in this chapter. 
And she's like, I I have been convincing the boys now for months to actually do their homework. I know how to persuade them or how to persuade Hagrid to tell me what I want. Fair enough. I think it's not really a trade. I think it's accidental. (laughs) I think Hermione, I think, I think it's, I think, I think Hermione, I think it's just, I don't think it's, I still don't think it's a fair trade. I think the, what Hermione receives may be equal to what she puts in, (laughs) but it's not being given as equal. It's being accidentally stumbled upon. Okay, fair. Yeah, it's like that meme where it's like, I get one thing, you get this other thing of much lesser value. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, yeah. You put that we should meet Charlie. I love this note. Why do you think we should have met Charlie? I just, I don't think we get to spend a lot of time with Charlie in any of the books. Like, I think maybe in book seven, we see him a little bit. We see Bill more. I just, um, I didn't really see a reason why it wouldn't get to be Charlie. Um, and so I was just a little sad because I think obviously like Ron keeps the note. He's really like fond of Charlie, loves him a lot. I just thought it would have been nice to get the chance to meet him instead of the friends. Um, yeah, because I think most of the other Weasleys get their, their due in terms of character growth. Um, plot lines um, and Charlie just kind of is oh yeah I work with dragons sometimes and I'll show up right at the end for the war so I think this would have been a really nice time just because he could operate like he could operate just inside the Hogwarts grounds come and grab the dragon and then fly back so I thought this would have been a nice opportunity to meet him yeah I I hadn't really thought about it. Like, I kind of just glazed over that we didn't meet Charlie. I was trying to think of, like, a writerly reason why we can't meet Charlie here and why it has to meet his, why it has to be his friends. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really think of one. I think you're right. I think it should have been Charlie. Yeah. yeah, like, I think maybe just because clearly she didn't want to spend a lot of time on the actual transfer of the dragon, I think it happens in, like, a paragraph. Maybe it happens really quickly. I was actually surprised when the chapter ended. Yeah. I was it, like, oh, this yeah. chapter ended quick. Yeah, so maybe that's why is because really just getting rid of the dragon is just the excuse for them to get caught and get detention and end up in the forest. So maybe it wasn't supposed to be like a whole big thing. But it was it was just a missed opportunity for me. Fair enough. Chapter winter time. <laughs> Who'd you pick? Ha <laughs> I am <laughs> I am committed to this pick. I think the okay. clear winner of this chapter. Uh, I think your pick, uh, unlike the Neville pick, I think your pick is the actual answer. But I like my pick. I'm going to go with Charlie Weasley. The man, I just put, look, the man's minding his own business and gets a free dragon. He loves dragons. This is a huge W. I couldn't, I think you're right that, like, within people we actually, like, meet or care about. Like, we don't even see Charlie in this chapter. Can he really win a chapter he's not in? Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. But I couldn't. I just wasn't vibing that any of the characters won. I got to the end of this chapter and I was like, who won the chapter? And it kind of felt like Charlie won. I think, yeah, yeah. I I just think I couldn't pick another person where I felt like, oh, they had a great chapter or they won or like things are going super well for them. Right. I, I, yeah. Yeah. What about you? This was a weird chapter for me because it, um, so on, I think if I had to really pick someone that won that I also root for, it would be Hermione. Because um, 
she's the one who gets Hagrid to actually tell them what's guarding the stone. Like, they're about to fumble it and have absolutely no chance of finding out the answer, and she saves it. And she's also, you know, like, making sure they don't fail out of school. So she's got a lot riding, uh, riding on, on her. Um, but then, also there's an argument that could be made for Malfoy. If we're talking about characters who accomplish goals and finally see through something that they've been working on, he really had the better of the squad in this chapter. You know, he overhears them and he's got them cornered in almost every way. Even though he's a shit while he's doing it and I don't like it. As soon as he overhears about the dragon and going to Hagrid's, he's following them. He's keeping an eye. He gets that note from Ron. He's like, he's really putting the pressure on them. And then he does eventually get them caught, even if it's not the way that he would imagine. So... I don't like him, so I don't want to give the chapter to him. I would like to give this chapter to Hermione, because I think she was successful in the things that she was trying to do. But I don't think that we can completely ignore um, what Malfoy accomplished in this episode. Rachel, it is your right, bestowed upon you by the constitution of Let's Dive Deep, that you can give the chapter to whoever you please. And you don't have to give it to Malfoy. I think... I exhausted my political capital on that one last episode. <laughs> Which is just, I, I'm sure everyone else agrees with you. I was just shocked. <laughs> I was like, how on earth? Because in that one, I wrote that note first, I think. And so like, because yeah. the, the way, for those listening, the way we wrote the notes this time is literally Rachel messaged me like a week ago or a couple days ago. I was like, hey, by the way, going to Greece for a bit. We should record some more episodes. And I was like, oh, okay. The, oh, Wednesday night, it's got to be Wednesday night. And so, like, this was more of an unplanned recording. And so we were both racing with our notes and writing them at the same time. So normally one of us is just goes first and writes all the notes just because we read it at different times. But in this one, like, different parts of the notes were filled out at different times while we were doing it. So I wrote Harry Potter all smug, being like, he obviously wins this chapter. And when she didn't, I was like, what is happening? There's no way. This one makes more sense. I think I'm being the prick in this chapter, picking Charlie Weasley. I think Hermione... A free dragon is a pretty big prize. I won't discount it. Fair enough. You're a nicer person than I am. Um, for our place thing, concept theme, etc., what'd you pick? Okay, so I went with this chapter especially, and I've talked about it earlier. I went with overconfidence. I think it's a really nice foil to last chapter after we see all of their successes because they've kind of just been like running just completely forward, not looking sideways, just through obstacles. And because they've been right, they haven't really um, seen any failures. Um, and they get overconfident. And we see in this one that they kind of fall to their own hubris. You know, they don't think that Malfoy heard anything. They don't do anything about it. They don't change their plan. Um, they just assume that things will work out. and. Uh, they make mistakes because of it. Uh, like, they literally forget, and I said this before, a deathly hollow in the astronomy tower. And the the overconfidence applies to Hagrid as well. Because, like, he Hermione's right. He lives in a wooden house. How is he going to raise a dragon? So, um, yeah, so sometimes confidence works out, as we've seen in earlier chapters, and sometimes it bites back. 
And we see the that in this chapter as a reminder to our characters to not get too comfortable with early success. I think it's a great pick. I think overconfidence, great kind of theme of this chapter. I went with craftiness. Mm. Um, mm. I, I think yours is the better pick. And I think I was vibing with overconfidence quite a bit. But I think I saw your mm. note first. And I was like, ah, doubling up. It's funny because for the chapter winners, I, I'm surprised we don't double up more. Mm-hmm. because i just assume like that's where you double up but for the, like the 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 concept thing it's super lame to double up i think like i think it's just a good opportunity yeah. to kind of explore two or three different types of things so with craftiness i don't think it's as present as overconfidence but i think there's a lot of examples in this chapter of the squad being a little bit crafty you know they're sending ron yeah. with the cloak they're having to smuggle a dragon up to the tower they've made this plan they're using the tools they have available hermione is kind of figuring out how to uh, convince Hagrid to give them the information they need. There's just a lot of craftiness happening, and I just, it stuck out to me. Yeah, like everyone's like even Malfoy is crafty in this episode. Malfoy's so. being crafty in this episode. You're right. I just uh, like Neville in the last one, or like uh, it wasn't Neville. It was like um, <laughs> the House of Gryffindor in the last one. Yeah, just not giving him any credit for anything ever. So, <laughs> but you're right. Malfoy was also crafty. Yeah, lots of craftiness. Good stuff from the squad. Other than everything, yeah. other than the plan. <laughs> other than every action that they took. Very yeah. crafty. <laughs> Lots of good stuff other than all of the things that were bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that does it for this chapter. That was chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. Oh, should have mentioned, like, dragon names. Well, let's talk about him before. Dragon names, super awesome. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out the show notes below to check out all the cool things. I'll record all about it at the beginning of this podcast so you'll hear it up at the top as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one.